Manila, it's going to be a good mood today. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Okay. So let's maybe start off here. I mean, I, I did ask Thomas earlier on uh, whether or not he still has a DVD player. And, uh, yeah, he gave me quite a long story about, you know, how he gets the uncut versions of certain shows. And he's got the history of the FIFA World Cup all on DVD. It's connected. So, you know, whenever he has guests over, he plays it. Uh, but, yeah, it seems there are not many Thomases out there. Uh, yeah, do you still have a DVD player? I'm actually I'm not sure. I actually do. Ah. I do. Um, DVD so DVD have DVD I'm not sure. 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 I'm there's certain memories of my scholarship graduation, okay. you know, little things like that you can't replicate. Okay. No, no, I got you. I got you. Well, it seems, uh, according to the assessment of Stats SA, that um, people aren't selling a lot of these things anymore. I guess whatever is kept is uh, for sentimentality, just like you can't find a VHS, you know, videotape player um, if you go to your closest, you know, uh, uh, retail store. But uh, it seems now that it's also uh, been taken out of uh, the list that is used to compile uh, month-on-month uh, comparisons of inflation. And uh, this is a basket with uh, over 400 uh, products that uh, South African households typically buy. And it seems, Snesipo, you're in very, very meager company because, uh, yeah, many households no longer buy DVDs, let alone have a DVD player. Yeah, I, I saw there's a basket change. I was going through some of the changes. And whereas I may agree with the inclusions, I, I fundamentally disagree with the weightings. Say more. And like, for example, so you've got things like transport. Transport actually is weighted 14. Mm. We know how much people spend on transport. Yeah, yeah. Education, communication. We all know people are not spending percent. How I'm not even spending two percent <laughs> on communication because those data costs are 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 a real figure, especially if you have um, you have um, if you have five at home. It's a real figure. So for me, when I look at this rating, I think it's very good. It's very good that we have looked at inclusions, but I really do think there needs to be an adjustment of the weighting because we're a developing mm. economy and I can look at these weightings. No one spends 17% on food and, alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages. Well, like, look, I mean, yeah, that's a bit of yeah, yeah. I mean, you there are households a lot of money in South food, Africa so because it's the most unequal society in the world. There are multiple South Africans, you know, if I can put it that way. And I mean, you know, it's clear even Stats SA says the overwhelming majority of poorer households spend disproportionate amount of their money on food and transport. Um, and clearly, Abu Batala, you know, um, in the southern suburbs, somewhere in the Western Cape or even in the north here in Johannesburg, uh, you know, only spend just over a tenth of their money on food because, you know, they spend yeah. it on all manner of other things uh, that keep them entertained and stimulated. Yes, that's you said for me. You've got the data. Reflect it. So you've got the basket of goods, but I think it's important that we put an adjustment of inflation because I can guarantee you, I, I'm sorry, I've been going to the store. Mm. I've not been seeing 5%, and yes, by collapse of 5%, it feels more like 10 Yeah, but and also, that, I live, and, I, and I live alone. Why did they not have SAMP in the list? 
the thing is that they like that. That's also what shocked me when I was looking at the list. So I was looking at the things that they've just put in. I'm glad they, you know. I mean, also they, makeup. I, I would have added, expected the foundation. Fact that they to added stamp. They added stamp. They think that they added um, stamp. I was very happy. The fact that they didn't even have impurity on that list. I mean, um, you know. Jam, you know. I'm glad they added cappuccino sachets for those of us who are is cafe lovers. Yes, yes, yes. Me, my first walking and yes. You know, um, they even added makeup foundation, which I was surprised Surely should have been there before. I, mean. not my I was like, yo. But on the very real, um, it's good that, they, that they, 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 they've gone through the process, but I do believe that the better bigger work needs to go to adjusting the way things. Yeah, yeah. So let's pause there for a second. We're going to take a quick spot break uh, where we're going to, I guess, head to the stores and maybe take a look at some of these products here. When we come back, we continue with our stories. And I want us to talk just briefly about, uh, I guess, uh, why water and sanitation expenses differ so much uh, across all of our metros. And uh, we'll also take a look at the latest in terms of the emergency power procurement deals. And uh, yeah, how uh, the bid here by DNG uh, failed to uh, effectively stop the party participation of car power ship we'll take a look at that after this yeah 22 minutes it is after 7 p.m joined on the line to take a look at uh, some of the latest stories coming out of the marketplace by snesipo maninjwa independent market commentator analyst and ca snesipo what do you make of uh, i guess yeah the latest delays in this emergency procurement around um and i guess it's not as urgent as uh, maybe uh, its title might suggest because uh, we understand. I mean, this this was a bid that was triggered uh, by um, I remember the president unceremoniously having to come back from a state visit to Egypt because the lights had gone off, um, and it seems now that uh, yeah, this uh, emergency round has been stalled somewhat, uh, and uh, now the bid by DNG not succeeding. But um, yeah, we very very far from turning soil very, very far from the construction and operations value and jobs that many people expect here? Uh, it's, it's simply because of um, the litigation that has, um, that has commenced um, raised by D&D um, Energy against mm. um, um, interdicting the um, interdicting the DMRE and ESCOM from proceeding. Um, I think it's very, very important to note that a lot of the, the delays are caused by this litigation. You cannot sign when you're in process. And unfortunately, the delays have resulted in round five uh, procurement now catching up to emergency procurement, which is not what we wanted. If we think about the timelines, they were supposed to commence construction already. Mm. With, so where we at is that we can't financially, they, they put in a delay for financial close of two months and if DND choose not to appeal that, I don't foresee them uh, missing that target. And um, with construction later on in the year, which puts them in the exact same timeline as land fire procurement, which is quite unfortunate because you can read the extra power if you um, if you take note of the update um, ESCOM had um, last week. Um, but again, like I said, um, for me, this, this litigation was, it was unnecessary, fundamentally, um, due to one simple quite factor. Regardless of the noise around car power, um, and DMD energy simply did not meet the, the requirements. Mm. But I mean, talk, talk to so me about this can, because... You can, you, can get, you can get upset at car yeah. power, but you can't... Um, 
you can't um, you can't like um, miss with the fact that they did yeah. not meet the requirements. It's actually irrelevant. Sure. Look, I mean, Lesif, I think a lot of attention has been sort of showered on car powership and the DNG issue and DNG wanting, you know, to be the preferred bidder in place of car power on the gas, uh, you know, to uh, grid story. So so I think let's, let's place that aside for a second. In the bigger scheme of like the renewable energy independent power producer program, I mean, we're on bid window five now. This had come in, you know, I think just after bid window 4.5 or, or somewhere in that process. Um, and it's already been overtaken by the announcement of the preferred bidders for bid window five. And even, you know, who knows, there might be subsequent bid windows announced even before some of these projects turn soil. I mean, should they still be called emergency rounds or should they just, I guess, be incorporated into the existing ones? They're gonna, I think they're going to they're gonna call them emergency rounds because they start with the name. But, you know, I think we all understand the reason for the delay. It wasn't planned. No, no, that's fair. Um, but I guess one would have also thought because of the urgent nature of this, I mean, yeah. it's called the risk mitigation type thing, the urgent nature of it would have uh, meant that the terms would have been a bit different or are they exactly the same as the terms one would have found in the other bid windows? Uh, no. So there, were two, there, were two, there were two main differences in um, risk mitigation program as well as um, uh, normal bid windows. Mm. Number one, you had to guarantee that your project was ready. So what I mean was that your project could not have um, part of DND's um, application was that car power didn't have an EIA, mm. which is an environmental assessment. Um, assessment. They also, so you, you sort of had to be project ready. The only thing you're missing is the contract. That was actually the, sure. it's what's called the emergency procurement. So you had projects. So in your normal um, bid windows, your construction timeline is anywhere it can be. The guys can get quite lean, but it's between can be anywhere between eighteen to I would say twenty eight, mm. twenty eight months. If you lean, and I mean if you lean, you can get it to eighteen. So with risk mitigation, you basically had to say we're ready to go. We're making power next year. That's what it is. But unfortunately, no funder was going to come on board until the litigation was come on. So you could not, could they, they, the project is mm. not bankable because sure. DND is not just, um, so that was the main issue. So that was the main issue. So like, um, and also because of your construction timeline being so lean, um, the, the tariffs on this mitigation were slightly above those, if you slightly higher than those on bid window five. Mm. And that was because of the level of, um, you could not have had anything that can come in your path. That was basically the requirement for you to bid yeah. in, in the most basic way to actually explain it. Let's shift away, I guess, from renewables and go to the world of cement. Uh, I think many of our listeners would have heard towards the end of last year the designation of cement in uh, public infrastructure projects, uh, suggesting that 100% of the cement that's used in uh, public infrastructure projects be South African. Uh, and notwithstanding that, uh, we've still seen a massive surge towards the tail end of last year of imports, primarily from Vietnam and Pakistan. What do you make of this in China as well, I should, say, should add? The designation. So remember, the designation only occurred was only applicable for government-funded infrastructure projects. Unfortunately, um, the infrastructure. I think there was an article that was, I think, written last mm-hmm. week or the week before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that spoke to 
the promises of infrastructure and increased interest was spent when um, Cyril came on board in 2018-2019 um, and how that has not materialized. So therefore, because the designation only applied for um, local um, government-funded projects, anyone else can basically have the latitude to pick whatever the cheapest producer is going to be. So you saw when you had that announcement that you had a bit of an inflationary um, spike in um, spike in, in, um, in, uh, inflation spike. Let me just say imaginary spike um, in the share prices of your likely to be PPC, mm. but they fundamentally did not change the structural issues um, in the play. For you to have that, that, that designation to have that impact that you wanted to have, you've got to have that in spending. Yeah, yeah. And I guess... And unfortunately, that's what boils down to that. I mean, even though uh, the industry here is suggesting that nearly 80% of all of the cement that's imported, uh, which is not an inconsequential amount, I mean, if you think about uh, the suggestion that in the first 11 months of 2021, uh, just over a million tons of cement were imported into South Africa. Um, and uh, we've seen, I guess, you know, similarly uh, massive numbers in preceding years uh, and uh, around 1.4 million tons um, in the 12 months leading up to February 2015, for instance. And the bulk of this, I guess, was used in government projects. So, um, I mean, wh- one would think if the industry is saying 80% of this imported stuff was used in public projects, uh, that that effectively would, would add some stimulus to the local sector. Yes, it would. But again, the problem is that you can have all the designations, but it needs to be applied. Yeah, actually, we need to build this stuff. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, I'm literally as simple. The reason why I always go to this is because if I'm a contractor and government is not my end client, or if government is my end client, they have this designation policy, but they don't apply it, I'm going to pick where it is the cheapest. Mm. And that is just commercial terms. That's general yeah. commercial terms. This, this, so, I, I, guess, I guess the other issue here, I mean, the, there's big question marks around, uh, we understand Durban to be the main port where a lot of this stuff is coming in. Um, and I think you're right when you say just the time horizon of the designation. I mean, there surely would have been cement that has come into Durban now in January that would have been already at sea by the time the designation came through, I think, in November. Um, so, so I think there's also that time lag. But your expectation in terms of what effect this is going to have if indeed the infrastructure projects, you know, come online, come to commercial close and actually turn soil um, in line with the expectations, what impact would there be for this type of intervention? Um, so the idea is to reverse some of the losses uh, from 20, to reverse some of the losses that I would say from, from now and to maybe go back to 2010 levels. Mm. That would be the ideal situation. However, I just don't foresee it to have that mistake because things of designation have been discussion um you look at uh, economic development uh, presentations since 2014 this is not even a new policy my question is our people love repeating the same thing with extra um, so wait you say it's not new i mean 100 percent designation is that part not new uh, they've been good i am uh, they were not even hitting the original the original percentage, and that was not 100%. Now, things to get to 100%, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. However, for me, I'm like, try to manage it now. And for me, it should not just be a government project. 
I hear you, Snesipo. Now, a lot of fanfare last week, I guess, as uh, the interest rate announcement happened, 25 basis points increase from the Monetary Policy Committee. A lot of what they flagged was, I guess, the price trajectory they anticipate for administered prices. Now, a lot of people, when they hear administered prices, are thinking, you know, um, I'd add fuel there because of the fuel levy and, I guess, the other price components. I'd also add ESCOM. Uh, But also the other one, I guess, for many a household, are water and sanitation charges alongside the energy uh, costs and uh, housing costs as well. Talk to me about uh, what we're seeing in the metros. Hearing here, Joburg has the cheapest water rates and Durban uh, has uh, higher water rates, but much lower sanitation uh, surcharges than, say, Johannesburg and Cape Town. Okay, so ultimately, how water is priced in South Africa is it's based on um, cost-effective tariffs. So in principle, you charge how much it costs you. With more people, how much it costs. So with more people, more people who are located in Johannesburg, by and large, it should be cheaper. Mm. It should be cheaper. Just for peer infrastructure, we know that they have not expanded water infrastructure. They say, yes, they can be need to. Please, they need to. The real thing and water is a real thing. So you would, you, would, you would see it cost more. So you would see it cost more. But what was quite, what was quite shocking was for me um, the differences and the fact that Durban is such an alcoholier. I think that's what shocked me. Well, I mean, I guess the other issue, Snesbo, when you, when you talk about cost-reflective tariffs... Um, is that there's always the idea that you have progressivity, right? So poorer households don't pay, you know, as much as, say, uh, you know, the higher households, but also that there's a flat, you know, provisioning for indigent households. I think in water, it's, you know, what, six kiloliters of water or something like that. But not all of the municipalities have the same targeting mechanisms or same approach to this. Um, And I guess that might also influence uh, uh, what their tariff structures look like for, you know, for each service that we're talking about here, be it water or sanitation. Yeah, so I think that's why I think what shocked me was that, and, 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 and like I said, ultimately, ultimately, what was sh- reason why the expectation was that the amount of free water in Joburg is less than in Joburg, in um, Durban. However, you pay more in Durban. So for me, I wanted to understand, but I was quite interesting because I think, yeah, it was from a money work because water is a basic human right. Mm, mm. So that's always what what hindered um, um, private investment into water infrastructure. But what was what was quite interesting was the different tariffs and mechanisms that they would use because ultimately, for me, this should be one of the most uniform tariff structures. Mm, mm. But why would it be uniform if, and and I guess this is the issue, that there are certain levels of our government system that have different powers over these things. Um, So so a metro would have discretion over how it does, you know, um, its tariff structure or tariff policy for a particular service it provides. Um, And that discretion applies as much in Buffalo City as it would... I guess, in, in Eteguini. And uh, what we're seeing is that they don't do it the same. Um, so, so in a sense, are you suggesting that they should centralize that function and have a uniform approach to it? Uh, yes, I do. But what, was, what, was, what was shocking to me was um, Joburg is cheaper on the lower to mid scale mm. than the other metros. For me, Joburg 
by virtue of its per capita income should be paying more. Sure. Although the cost of the infrastructure is not differently. That's also, uh, like I said, there's leeway in terms of how different unis do it and also how different unis um, prioritize. And it does indicate that although it's, for me, it's cheaper in general, we all know German water is very, very good. We're very lucky. So African water is a concept. Let me just say, compared to what it is going on at Teshe, I trust me, we're very, 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 mm. very spoiled in this, in this one regard. However, I just I just thought it was quite um, interesting that it, 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 it what I would think the cost structure should be and how it should come out. I would not have paid Durban to be the most expensive. Mm. I would not have paid. That, that is that is what yeah. I'm shocked by. But so then, I mean, when I understand the principle, yeah, when you think of the usage, um, the fact that Durban uh, is double the usage, but still cheaper. Look, like little things like that. That that's where it's like, that's where, like I said, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm very very shocked. And I mean, that's yeah. that's for me just to understand. But I'd 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 seek for me this is important information. I would seek to understand why because I just I feel that in terms of when you look at the um, the article and the summary points that they, I think there's information missing because you've got an overlapping principle. You've got that. Uh, each household is excess of um, income class is allocated a bit of free. Those who are poor get allocated more, of course. But is it based on a percentage basis or is it based on a literage basis? Because it seems, if it's based on a percentage basis, I could see how those numbers would why uh, Durban would be a tad more expensive. But oh. Like, but still, like, it's, it's, it's a, but I mean, I want us to, to also look, I guess, at the other flip side of it, because that's that's the water side of things. I mean, big issue yes. that we've had over the last while when the rains have come has been groundwater and the implication on, you know, sewer and sanitation systems in many of our cities. While Durban, I guess, might be more expensive on the water side of things, it seems uh, that uh, their groundwater surcharges are much, much lower than their counterparts in Gauteng and in the Western Cape. Because it's rained more here, it rains more here. More than Durban? No, I mean in Joburg. You no, know I'm it's saying, rained. would it rain more in Joburg than in Durban? Yes, it does. It doesn't rain that much. It, it rains. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The past two months of solid rain you've had in Joburg, solid rain. Nice. Um, I, we must go check that one there with the weather service. Yeah, I will. We need to go and look with our friends at the weather service. <laughs> I think it's very cool. But I can't be correct, guys. Sure. I can't be correct. In my feeling, this is just my feeling, it feels like it rains more in Chilbert than in okay. um, But on the very real, let's get back to the central point. I'm eager to understand the different cost structures because I, I don't think the article fully articulated because mm. what I think theoretically should be in application should be, it should be. You should never pay more in Durban than here. They might be cost differential, but the fact that the costs are so high, when I saw the numbers, I was like, more than double, almost triple. No, I, it, it, it sounds yeah. a bit off to me. So I'm curious to find out other two things are going on. Either the author of the article has gotten the calculation incorrectly, or we're missing each other in terms of principle and interpretation. Mm, sure. So, Nezibo, let's leave it there. As always, a pleasure catching up with you, and thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. That there was Nesipo Maninjwa, independent market commentator, analyst, and CA.
joining us for our business wrap. We take a brief break now. When we come back, it's our headline segment. And uh, yeah, we take a look at the latest uh, when it comes uh, to uh, yeah the threats against the life of a senior uh, Amatola District Municipality Councillor, Nanzi Wekulashe. And uh, yeah, she um, had her home sprayed with bullets in the early hours of uh, Sunday morning. Uh, this after uh, the horrific scenes we saw on social media of her dragged uh, and uh, assaulted manhandled by uh, armed security personnel. Uh, and uh, yeah, we saw that in a video that went viral last week. And uh, we'll uh, pick up that story uh, in our headlines. Yeah, 18 minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, yeah, in the next few minutes or so, going to be joined by Abongile Yanchis. He's a reporter here at the SABC. And uh, yeah, we try and make sense of what exactly is happening at uh, the Amatole District Municipality. Uh, they've now hired a law firm to investigate uh, the circumstances that led to the uh, unceremonious ex- uh, well, ejection, I should say, of uh, senior councillor Nanzi Wekulashe in the manner we saw in that video that went viral and we also know over the weekend uh, that uh, a hail of bullets was sprayed uh, on her home during the early hours of Sunday and uh, we're going to be speaking uh, to Abongile in the next few minutes or so around that particular one but we will also uh, in the second hour, uh, catch up with Isaiah Mklanga from uh, Alexander Forbes and uh, Dominic Brown, Economic Justice Program Manager at the 